The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in our hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but to Zarephtha in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down off the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Heavenly Father, surround us with your spirit that in your written word and in these words spoken here, we might behold your true and lively word, Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine being from a place like Nazareth, a small, forgettable village only a few miles away from the town of Sepphoris. That was where the main road ran. That's probably where you would say you were from, Sepphoris, if you didn't want to be forced to explain. Because really, what's there to say about Nazareth? Who would have heard, let alone cared, about a community of 500-odd bumpkins? The sort of place where, if you did know it, you'd utter its name in a bemused voice, the way Nathaniel asked, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Imagine that, you, a Nazarene. And you've heard, you've heard that Joseph's boy is making a name for himself. Not in the usual way, when somebody's son made trouble with the authorities in a nearby district. No, this time it was Jesus, his eldest, the one his wife Mary was rumored to call Emmanuel, who had the attention of the authorities for an entirely different reason. Throughout Galilee, in the synagogues, they would listen to his teaching. 
And in each and every town, they were glorifying him, glorifying Jesus, a teacher from Nazareth, a man from a town as likely to produce a rabbi as it was a king. But careful, careful, you caution yourself. It sounds too unbelievable. You remember that boy. Perhaps you'd never really spoken with him, but you knew in which groups of ragtag children one might expect to find him as they tumbled around in the dusty streets, shouting and calling to one another in whatever far-away fantasy lands such youths passed their days in your hometown. Then again, maybe it shouldn't come as such a shock. Hadn't you heard some story years ago of when Mary and Joseph forgot him in Jerusalem? And it was three days before they found him asking questions in the temple? Since then, it was true, he'd been a regular at the synagogue. Yet, could something this good really come out of Nazareth? Sure, nice things happen here but never of the kind outsiders would notice. Those things were the mere stuff of life and nothing more. Babies born, women lost to childbirth, marriages well arranged, families who knew their friends and their foes. The deeds of the honest and respected, as well as the occasional 'er ne'er-do-wells who weren't even motivated enough to move to a place where they could be real scoundrels. Imagine it, though. Imagine being able to answer Nazareth, not Sepphoris. Imagine having something to be proud of. And that's what you saw. You saw it seated before you in the synagogue as he was handed the scroll. A young man who read the scripture. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What a proclamation. What a spellbinding promise. If you could have torn your eyes from him, you would have seen the whole of quarreling, quaint little Nazareth quietly transfixed. But you didn't need to know if others felt it too. You already knew it in your heart. Here was someone to carry your hope. If anyone would win regard and renown for you and all of Nazareth, this was the man. But before you could ponder any further, he declared, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing.
contain yourself? (laughs) How could you? Here he had proclaimed his mission, his intention to become more than a teacher, to heal and to set the whole of captive Israel free. And he chose right here in Nazareth to do it. He had chosen you. Is this not Joseph's son? Can you believe it? A champion from Nazareth. A champion for Nazareth. But he had to go and ruin it. Likening himself to Elijah because Elijah went to Sidon to work a miracle, feeding himself and a starving widow there, while Israel suffered under a a three-and-a-half-year famine. Or to his successor, Elisha, who healed a Syrian leper instead of any of the many from his own people, your people, similarly afflicted. He should never have gotten your hopes up. You'd known he'd have to have left your community to make his mark. And you could forgive him for that, even as you treasured the moment he was sharing with you when he, the favored son, read the scriptures in that modest synagogue where you and he had both grown up. He could still have made a name for you throughout the land. But this, this was more than you had bargained for. Just when you thought Nazareth had happened upon someone ready to do truly great things, Jesus declares his intention to be an apparent traitor to his people. And with one wag of the tongue, he dashed your hopes of glory replacing them with a specter of notoriety and dishonor before your countrymen. So you'd shared in the rage of the crowd as you felt hot indignation spread from your flushed face. Elijah and Elisha had done that long ago. The present was different. Rome was threatening everything now. Jesus... Jesus, you can forget us, but don't you dare bring shame on us. I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly how the crowd managed to drive Jesus from the synagogue and out of the town. But if you followed in their midst, you must have stood high on the precipice above the valley of Ezralon. You must have heard the cries as body jostled against body, hungry for his death, and known the anger that boiled within men and women, outraged at his betrayal of their little Nazarene dreams. They say Jesus could do no miracle in his hometown. But if you were in the crowd as they discovered that Jesus had passed through the very throng, calling for his death, and escaped unscathed. What would you call it, if not a miracle? 
And it is a miracle Jesus Christ repeats whenever we claim him for our selfish purposes. Whenever our sinful hearts misdiagnose their own disease and call upon God to restore our village, our race, our country alone. Lord, make us great again. You and I, we dream Nazarene dreams. We ask God to fix what embarrasses us about ourselves, to spruce up our prisons, even as Jesus declares he has come to proclaim liberty to the captives. In Nazareth and in Jerusalem, Jesus stood before a savage crowd. At the start of his earthly ministry and at its end, human hearts were turned against our Lord because human dreams were far too small. Nazarene, apostle, and Christian believer alike, those closest to our Lord turn against him again and again, believing that because he is known to us, we know for whom and exactly how God ought to dispense his healing love. But high on the brow of Calvary's hill, Jesus was carried away by a greater dream. A dream that God is speaking through human history even now. A dream attested to throughout Holy Scripture of humanity forgiven and set free by his redeeming blood. Whenever Jesus seems to have disappeared, remember his great and glorious dream. And trusting in what he did for you then, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go to Syria and Sidon, to serve those beyond the borders of your present life. For Jesus died to set the captives free. The prison gates are open. And beyond the walls, he waits. Amen.